we always get yellow jackets on our patio. We, we now have a guy spraying, so that helps a lot. But how many of you know what it's like to be stung by a yellow jacket? Yeah. I've gotten them down my shirt, you know, trying to get them out. And when you're trying to get them out, they, they nab you. I've had them up my pant leg on a motorcycle a couple of times, and they'll nail you. And, you know, I always pound on my leg. But the other day, well, not the other day, it's been a few weeks ago now, I was filling my pickup with gas, and I was standing there waiting for the gas to pump, and I had my hand in my pocket like this, and all of a sudden I felt this, ouch, that felt like a yellow jacket. I wonder what that was, because it couldn't be a yellow jacket in my pocket. I wonder what that was. Maybe there's something sharp in there. So I pulled my hand out, and I couldn't see anything on this finger, and it's still stinging, so just in case, I you know, went like that, pounded on my pocket, and didn't think anything about it. And on the way down to the church, my fingers started swelling up. I thought, golly, must have been a yellow jacket in my pocket. So I was sitting in my office. I had a meeting with Jared, and I was sitting in my office. I showed him my finger swelling up and was talking about it. And, you know, how believable is it if somebody says, I had a yellow jacket in my pocket and it stung me, you know? I don't know if he's not believing me or what, but all of a sudden, this yellow jacket came out from underneath my shirt and flew up into the ceiling. It's crazy. <laughs> so we all know what it's like to be stung. Have you ever been stung by somebody's tongue? You know what that feels like? You'll be having a conversation, all of a sudden, you know, maybe a little kid or maybe a kid to their parents or husband to his wife or wife to the husband, and all of a sudden you just, just sting. It hurts, doesn't it? Now, some people, you know, people look at God differently. I think less now than was uh, true formerly, but sometimes people are afraid that God's going to sting them. If you just tick him off just one too many times, then he's going to get you. But I've found that more common to that is that people feel separated from God. Like he doesn't hear or he doesn't answer. I actually know one person who, who I, I just can't imagine this person saying that, but they said, you know, I, I know God loves me and I love him, but he, hasn't, he doesn't have anything to do with my life every day. He doesn't hear me talk. In other words, he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got bigger things to deal with than dealing with me. So why bother praying? So notice on your outline, the first statement is, ask because God is inclined, inclined to meet your needs, answer your questions, and open closed doors for you. Now, you may or may not believe that, but I... I uh, want to look at a passage of Scripture today that's probably as well known as any, any passage in the New Testament because it has to do with asking. Luke chapter 11, if you don't have your Bible, there's one under the chair there, t page 1041. Uh, Luke chapter 11, I want to begin in verse 5. We talked about the Lord's Supper, or I'm Lord's Supper. We talked about the Lord's Prayer last week. Today we're going to talk about the passage that's just following uh, the Lord's Prayer. Then he, Jesus, said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, 
lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, this is Jesus talking, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. So I won't ask for a show of hands, but probably everybody in this room has been disappointed in that passage of Scripture. Right? Well, it says just ask. Just seek, just knock. Verse 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, <coughs> how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So imagine a friend coming to your door at midnight, is this parable that Jesus told. So I just read that. I'm not going to repeat that, but I'll put it in modern terms. Suppose I'm in bed at night and uh, you come knocking on my door. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. First of all, you're going to hear an alarm that goes off and it says, someone is at your front door. And before you even get that far, Jake is going to be barking really, really loud at the door. You can hear him barking right inside the door. And then Ginger is awakened by the barking and this sound that goes off. Someone's at your front door. And she, I mean, she sleeps so lightly. She jumps out of bed at the least little sound. I mean, she is up and in attack mode. <laughs> and shortly after, she's up in an attack mode. So imagine you're standing at the door and you're knocking, dog is barking, alarm goes off, Ginger comes to the door and she's got this look on her face and then I'm standing right behind her with a nine millimeter. <laughs> right? Yes, that's right. Yes. So if it's you and I recognize you, then obviously my nine millimeter is going to stay down here and Ginger's going to settle down. And we'll say, Peaches, what were you doing knocking on our door at midnight? <laughs> she says, the stores are all closed. I couldn't get any food. I have company. Would I give it to her because she's my friend? No, she's not my friend right now. <laughs> but I would give it to her, right? That's what Jesus is talking about. Imagine if I would do that, you get past my dog and Ginger, and if I would be kind enough to give you something, he says, how much more will your heavenly Father give to those who ask him? That's the point of that parable. So let me go through these familiar phrases. The first is ask, 
and it will be given to you. Notice that it's A-S-K, ask, seek, knock, spells ask, which is an interesting thing, isn't it? Ask, and it will be given to you. Now, I've talked a little bit about my dad before. My dad and I were not particularly close. Uh, he wasn't mean to me by any stretch of the imagination, but we weren't, we weren't close. And uh, I felt a little guilty about that, you know, as, since I've been an adult. But he was very close to my middle brother, Marlon, that was three years younger than me. And I think the reason he was closer to Marlon than me is because Marlon was a lot like him. My dad was kind of a wild hoot growing up, and, and uh, Marlon was kind of a wild hoot growing up, and, and they, they kind of identified with each other. He would travel with my dad in the summertime. They were pretty, pretty close. And, and actually, you know, I, I have a pretty good memory, but I don't remember my dad, you know, putting his arm around me and hugging me. It's just kind of that generation. We just don't remember that or saying I love you and those kinds of things. But, but I, I've told you about him saving a jar of pennies. He was sheep shearing one summer, saved a jar of pennies all summer, brought it home and gave it to me. When I was in high school, I had a job in a service station, but I wasn't working, making much money. And I wanted to buy a one-year-old, a 61, Golden Hawk Studebaker. And that was a one-hot car. It had a great big engine in it, and I wanted that car so bad. So I went home and asked my dad, I said, Dad... I know they're not going to loan me the money. Maybe they, maybe if you'd co-sign for me, maybe they'd, maybe they'd lend me the money. And gosh, it was a stupid thing to ask. But my dad went down to the bank with me, and I sat and waited in the lobby while he was back talking to the officer. I think probably what happened is he told the officer, "I don't really want this loan. I'm just asking you so that my son, who's sitting out there, will know, think that I asked." That's probably what happened, but. <laughs> At least, he, at least he went to the bank with me. He paid for two terms of college for me when I was just goofing around partying, flunked out of school, and he couldn't, he couldn't afford it. He paid, paid for a couple of terms of college for me. So he, you know, I, I could ask my dad, and if, if he could do something for me, he, he would. And he was, he, was, he was good to me in that way. So I want to ask you the question this morning. Are you inclined to ask? So many people will say, well, I just don't want to ask for, for any number of reasons. Uh, I've, had, I've had people's pastors come to me in consulting situations and they'll say, well, I have this staff need. I said, well, who'd, who would you really like to have do that? I said, well, this person, but I, gosh, they would never do it. I'll say, how do you know? Ask them. Shoot for the best. You never know. Don't, don't say no for somebody else. You never know. They might say yes. Just, just surprise you. So don't say no for somebody else. Be a, be a person who asks. Ask the Lord. Ask Him. Well, I don't want to be presumptuous. Well, He asks us to ask. <laughs> so ask. When Ginger and I first moved to Billings, we didn't have anything, and our district office didn't help us at all. I didn't know they could. I didn't know they would help us, could help us. So we went through this difficult, difficult time, and I was, I'm glad now I didn't know, but uh, went through the difficult time. One day I was telling the story in front of 
the district supervisor, Dr. Hicks. And I said, the district didn't give us anything. And I looked at him and smiled. And he says, you have not because you asked not. <laughs> well, there's a longer story to that, but I won't give it to you. But here's the verse. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So we probably ought to examine our motives. Why are we asking? What are we asking for? And go through all that stuff. But it literally says there, keep asking. That's the, the verb that is used there. It's just keep asking, not just ask, but keep asking. Now, we get the picture in our mind that if we keep asking, it's like a little kid who comes and just asks you 15 times. Pretty soon you get tired of it and tell him, go away. It's saying that, but it's saying it in a different way than you think. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But it does say, keep asking. Okay? Then the second one is, seek and you will find. Now, uh, Ginger and I have a friend who is in the hospice care at uh, the St. Vincent's Hospice Care on Shiloh. Her name is Jeanette Doles. She's, she's uh, in the top two or three of nice people that I've ever known in my life. I mean, she is just an absolute peach. She's 94 years old. And she's helped so many people, and she's gone through so much grief in her life. We, Ginger and I have known her since the 80s, so we've walked through her losing a son, uh, losing a daughter, going through a divorce. Her husband left her for somebody else, and then another son died. I mean, we've, we've walked through everything with Jeanette, so we're particularly close to her, more so than, than most people. And so a number of years ago, Ginger and I were over at Jeanette's house, and she said, you know, I'm so old now, and she was probably in her late 80s, she said, I'm so old now, I, wish the, I just wish the Lord would take me home. She said, I, all, I, t I tell him that all the time. Lord, why don't you just take me on home? I'm not any used to anybody. And I said, well, you know, you never know, Jeanette. There might be a reason that he's keeping you around. Maybe, he, maybe he's wants to use you for something. No, 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 no. So she always says to me, as she's gotten older, she keeps saying, you're the, you're the reason I'm here. <laughs> I keep seeking the Lord, just take me on home. You have to go and pray for me to stick around, you know. And she, <laughs> she's joking about it, sort of. But uh, recently, I, I may have mentioned this to you, I don't remember, but recently Ginger and I were see her in hospice, we go about once a week, and, and on the way out, she said, you, don't pray for recovery. <laughs> she says, I've been seeking long enough, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to find. So, with my kids, when they would ask for something, want some information, my first, I'm, I don't like this, this is not a good example, my, my, my first answer is always no. It, it really didn't matter much what it was they were asking for. It was just no. And I heard Ginger coaching them one time. She said, listen, how many times have I told you to have patience and have good timing? 
you go in there and you ask him, you know he's going to say no because of the circumstances that are surrounding. He's going to say no. What are you going to learn? So then eventually, you know, they they learned when to ask me, and I'd say yes. The idea is seek. Keep looking. Be wise about this, about your seeking. Keep Keep seeking the Lord. We all know how slow he is. Notice the quote there. Trust in the, trust in the slow work of God. It is the law of all progress that it is made through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. I don't know how many times I've said over the years, how many people think God is really slow? We're usually almost always ahead of of the Lord. It seems like he takes a long, long time, but do we trust his timing? So there's another parable in Luke chapter 18 that's very similar to the one that we read a few minutes ago, and this is, this is about a judge, and this judge does not fear God or care for people. He's uncaring. And a widow goes to him in boldness and persistently asks him for something, and finally, the unjust judge says, I'm not going to give it to you for any other reason that you, you just keep bothering me. I'm just sick of you bothering me. Now, the point isn't seek God until he finally just says, well, <laughs> I cave in. That's not what it's saying. It says, if an unjust judge would say yes to you because of your bullets, how much more would your heavenly father He's not an unjust judge. He's your heavenly father. How much more would he give you what you're seeking? Now, let me give you a little example of where I'm going with this. I remember the first year <clears throat> that we were at Faith Chapel. had just a handful of people, and I was praying for a 1,000. Lord, give us a 1,000 people. And if you would have heard some of my prayers, you would have laughed and said, that guy is nuts. You know what? God didn't give us a thousand. He gave us a hundred that year. And then the next year, he gave us another hundred. And then for 36 years, he gave us a hundred or 150 people every year. He didn't give me a thousand. He went far beyond. But he didn't give it in the time and in the way that I wanted him to give it to him. And I kept praying, Lord, come on. Let's get going here. And he knew better. I don't want to bury you. I don't want you to cave into all the pressure that's going to come with that. You have no idea what you're asking for. So he just gave it as he could, knowing and understanding what a rhubarb I am. My mom prayed for my oldest brother, Larry, all of his life. She died on, on her deathbed she tried to get him to receive Jesus. He was kind of irritated. My middle brother, my mom prayed for all of his life. Neither one of them received Jesus in my mom's lifetime, but both of them received Jesus. Keep seeking. Trust God and trust God's ways. I put some blanks on the outline. You've probably seen this before from me or somebody else. 
God always answers. Sometimes he says yes. Hallelujah. I mean, don't, don't you love it when he says yes? There have been some things that I've prayed for, and it's just like automatic, just almost automatically it comes. It's quick. Sometimes God says slow. Sometimes he's saying, I'll give this to you, but I'm not going to give it to you right now. This isn't the right time. You could probably give examples of that in your life. Sometimes God says grow. In other words, I'm not going to give this to you now because you couldn't handle it. You couldn't deal with it. But I'll wait till you grow and mature and you can handle it and then I'll give it to you. And sometimes God says no. Sorry. Sometimes he just says no. And when he says no, he has very good reasons for saying no that you may or may not be aware of. It might be a job that you're praying for. It might be a girlfriend that you're seeking, or a boyfriend, or a wife. And God says, no. He probably says, after, are you crazy? He's <laughs> <laughs> not going to give us something that's, that's not the best for us. So ask. You're not being a nuisance. Keep seeking. Be bold. Be persistent. Keep seeking Him. The third one is knock. Knock and the door will be open to you. I've told you this story before, I think, but I, I'm going to tell it again anyway because it's the best example I know. My oldest daughter, Terry, was a, a beautiful redhead. She was a senior in high school, and this football player uh, wanted to take her out on a date. And... I tried to tell my girl, I always told my girl, I said, listen, it's not been that long since I was a teenage boy. You think it is. You think I'm old, but it hasn't been that long. And you got this football player, big guy, and, you know, he's popular, and he thinks he's the real deal, and he's asking you out, and I've talked to people a little bit, and I know that's not the right thing to do. So I said, and I was, I was always, always good with Terry. I'd say, I'd say, Terry, please, trust me on this one. Well, finally, he, he kept asking her, kept asking her, kept asking her. Finally, she said, well, he wants to come and talk to you. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Out comes the nine millimeter again. You know. <laughs> Not really. So he came to my office at the church. I'll never forget the day. He came to the office of the church, and I was real nice to him. Nice as I could be to him. Nice to meet you. Sit down. We'll talk to you a little bit. So I, I'll give you the short version. I told him, I said, listen, in our family, the highest value that we have is we love Jesus Christ. And Terry loves Jesus. And the truth be known, you're not going to like her very well once you really get to know him. Because she loves Jesus Christ. She's not going to want to do some of the things you want to do. Not want to want to go to some of the places you want to go. And so I'm coaching her while I'm talking to him. And conversation ended, and he, I, to, I told him, I forgot this, I told him along the way, I said, listen, I'll make you a deal. If you'll come to church for six months, you can sit by Terry, but you can't take her out on a date. You come to church for six months, sit by Terry every week, and then we'll have another conversation like this. You know, in the hope that I would win him, win him to Christ. Well, 
he got up and he stormed out the door and burned rubber all the way up the street. You could hear the car, you could hear the tires. And Terry looked at me and said, thanks, Dad. So uh, this boy was popular, but I've, I would admit I've, he's still around. Uh, he still knows who I am. Let me put it this way. He has not celebrated the growth of Faith Chapel. <laughs> he didn't like that very well. Are you knocking on the wrong door? Did you ever think about that? You know, you got a, you got a door here, and you got a door here, and you're knocking on this door, and you think you know what's behind that door. Does anybody think God knows a little more than you do about what's behind that door? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. I mean, he's everywhere all the time. He's all-powerful. He knows a little bit more than we do. And if you're, rocking, you're knocking on the wrong door, you ought to be thankful he doesn't open the door for you. Well, then why does it say knock on the door? Well, that's where we're getting to. I can't tell you how many times I've knocked on a door and it's been the wrong door. I, I try and counsel some people before they get married sometimes. Say, I'll say to them as nice as I can, maybe you're knocking on the wrong door. Are you sure this is the right thing? Maybe it's a job. I wanted to, I wanted to be a Euclid driver so bad I could taste it. I wanted to be a state policeman so bad I could taste it. I wanted to be a social worker. I wanted to have my doctorate in psychology. I had all kinds of things that are knocking on the door. That's not what God wanted for me. We all know this verse. We all quote it all the time. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I want what He wants, ultimately. I know what I want sometimes, and sometimes I pray for what I want, but the bottom line is, I don't want that unless that's what you want for me. I might be rock, knocking on the wrong door. In other words, he will give you, he will not give you what you want, he will give you what is best. You can go ahead and knock the door down, but there's always consequences to that. So then why does it say this? Listen to how it says it. I'll read this verse again. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. We think that's just a carte blanche, ask and you'll get it. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And then it puts this phrase that we, I've never seen this, I've taught on this passage many, many times. I've never seen this before. Notice this verse. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So I'm knocking on this door. What's behind this door? Maybe there's a scorpion behind that door, so to speak, right? But over here, there's something, there's bread, something that's good for me. He said, keep asking, keep seeking, but you are an imperfect 
Father, I'm a perfect heavenly father. Which of you imperfect fathers would give your son a, a snake when he asks for a fish? In other words, you can ask all you want to, but I'm not going to give that to you if I know there's a scorpion behind that door. Altogether different way of looking at that passage, isn't it? So, <laughs> I have a friend, Linda Johnson. Uh, Ken and Linda are a couple of our best friends. They live in Bend, Oregon, and, and Linda's feisty. I mean feisty. So a pastor, Fred Donaldson, was giving her a bad time about something. He teased her and teased her, teased her unmercifully while he was staying at their house. Just teased her unmercifully the whole time he was there. And Linda's just kind of going like this, you know, I can't wait. So, so when Fred left after being there for two or three days, she's, she said, Fred, she says, you've been really mean to me the last two or three days, but I love you, so I'm going to give you some cookies. <laughs> and so she gave him this plate. She says, I want to give you these cookies to eat on the way home. And he got about a half a block. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that plate went flying out the window. It was, she'd took, taken a snake and rolled it up under that plate and put tinfoil over it. <laughs> God's not going to do that to you. So, you know, I thought of a couple of examples. You know, you're sitting opening a Christmas present. All these people that love you give you a Christmas present. You're probably not going to find a snake in there. Right? You're probably not going to find... A scorpion in there. Why? Because people love you. Well, you're not going to find a scorpion or snake in something that God gives you either. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep finding. What is he saying? If, if a child comes to you and says, Dad, I really want this. And they beg you and they plead you and say, Sweetheart, I'm sorry. No. And they storm out of the room. He didn't give me what I asked for. Really, what this scripture is saying is, keep talking. Sit down with your father and ask him. <laughs> seek him. Seek his way. Knock on the door. And if, and if you don't get what you want, you don't storm out of the room saying, he didn't give me what I asked for. He's saying, Dad, could you, could you please explain to me? I don't understand. That's praying the way God wants us to pray. It's like, yeah, I have desires and, and things that I'm seeking and asking for, but I'm not God, and He is. And if we'll take the time, if we'll keep at it, then we'll come to understand, oh, how many times has that happened to you? After you don't receive it, then you think, oh, now I get it. So keep the conversation going. Don't walk away like a spoiled child. But trust your heavenly Father. He's not going to give you... You can ask all you want. He's not going to give you a snake or a scorpion. Find out what He wants. Keep pursuing. Keep talking. So we believe prayer changes things. Specifically, prayer changes me. We don't change God's mind nearly as much as He changes our, changes our minds. Father knows best. This neighborhood that we've been dealing with for the last few weeks. Almost every day for a couple of weeks, I'd, I'd come down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come into the office and study. And 
You drive all over. How many of you went through that? You drive all over the dang neighborhood trying to find your way to church. You drive all over the neighborhood. Detour, 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 potholes, detour. But you didn't give up. Our prayer life is that way. There are going to be detours. Oh, gosh, I thought that was the right thing. No, it wasn't. But, Father, what is the right thing? We don't give up. We don't quit. We just keep pursuing until we find the right way. God answers. He doesn't always answer the way we want him to. But if we trust him and keep after it, he'll show us the right way and he'll get us to the right place right on time. I'd like to ask you to bow your head for just a minute. Is there anything going on in your life that you haven't asked for? Well, I don't want to bother God. There's bigger fish to fry than me. No, ask him. Is there anything in your life that you've been asking for and you've given up on? Why don't you talk to him some more? Is there anything you've been asking for? Maybe there's a different door. Maybe there's a better door. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Lord, help us to be good kids. Help us not to be know-it-all kids. Help us not to be spoiled kids. Help us to be kids that keep pursuing you. Keep seeking you, seeking your will and your way because we know it's always going to be the best. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like those who are going to serve communion.